0: John Funderburg, J Funds one and welcome to our first podcast. It's going to be called Winter is Here. The podcast is going to be about the Game of Thrones. What we're going to do is we're going to have um, each Sunday, we're going to have an immediate show recap, and then we're going to revisit the show on Wednesday to talk about uh, more in depth of what we saw, what we like, what we don't like. And I have um, two co-hosts with me, and the first co-host is... Andre, you wanna go ahead first? <laughs>
1: yeah, hey, my name is uh Andre Kles. You call me Dre. And uh, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I'm not a huge fantasy fan per se, but this show has just really like really captured my attention. I'm so excited about season seven coming up. And uh you can find me on Twitter at uh, Dre underscore K.
2: And hey, what's up? This is Diana. I am uh, currently broadcasting from the lovely land of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. On a business trip. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to do this. I'm also a big Game of Thrones fan. I'm actually a huge fantasy fan in general. Uh, anything fantasy and sci fi, also. I'm a big Star Trek fan. Uh, unrelated. But uh, yeah, Trekkie. Get it right.
1: I thought it was Trekker.
0: Oh. No, it's Trekkie. I'm a Trekkie, too. Oh, are you really? Big time. Uh, we're, what? We're gonna am like to... a Trekkie nut.
2: Oh, we're going to have to talk about this now. later. All right, we're like, gonna have to have a side conversation. After I even this. have
0: like, like I even brought the DVD where it shows all the, the the bubbles where you get all the inside information.
2: So, are you talking about the movies or the show? No,
0: talking about the original Star Trek.
2: Oh, sweet. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that later. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Hey, what's up?
0: <laughs> <It's> me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm John Funderburk. Um, J one. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find everything on J Funds One. J Funds One is is a website. J Funds One Twitter, J Funds One Instagram, J Funds One um, LinkedIn, Pinterest, J Funds One. <laughs> Pinterest. Uh, <laughs> Skype. Not see? Skype. Um, uh, what's that? Snap. J Funds One on Snap. That's J F U N D S number one. And um, I'm not a big, big um, fan of. Snap fantasy per se but i just like great storytelling which is why i like star trek because it was awesome and um i'm a big fan of game of thrones because of storytelling so we have different views and hopefully we'll be able to um the reason why the reason why we wanted to start this podcast was because once the show is done and you don't want to leave that headspace. You kind of want to discuss it and kind of like want to yeah. understand and go through it and kind of like relive some of the best moments. That's what you this
2: podcast
1: was created for.
0: Exactly. Yes.
2: Decompress after the episodes.
1: Sometimes you just need that emotional support after right. seeing a particularly intense episode. Yeah. Can you believe that just happened? Yeah. I, I, can't. Right. I can't. I mean, hold, I... hold the door. I mean, come on. Exactly. We oh, did this oh. last year. Oh. I'm so still bad. affected
0: by that, man. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but after any episode, live episode I watch of a you know major show that just aired, my the first thing I do like I cannot go to sleep. I have to hop on the internet and start going to you know the subreddit or blogs or whatever. Like I, my initial need is to hear other people's opinions and discuss what happened and figure Me too. out.
1: I have to figure yeah. out what other people are saying about it, and yeah. know, particularly people with a critic's ear. Um, I'm yeah. the
0: exact same way. So another thing, another thing about this podcast, guys, for you listeners. We basically love Game of Thrones, so if you're looking for us to be critical or question, kind of like you know every kind of maybe quirk of the story or could this happen, you're not gonna find that here. Um, we're about the awesomeness of it. We want you can to view, uh, it. Yeah, we we want to view the Game of Thrones as a director want to shoot. Right, and we
2: might forget names at times, but that's okay.
0: I,
1: I kind- never forget names of characters, <laughs> houses, sigils, none of that. I, I occasionally I forget all. names. Occasionally. Absolutely.
2: I don't um, know. I mean, I've, I'm pretty sure you thought it was uh, Liza Mormont a few minutes ago when we were discussing that. So you mean uh, in the
1: future? Later? later. <laughs> I think you mean in the future. Yes, in the future. I may forget.
2: <laughs> you may forget a few names, but I forgive you. So <laughs> we'll move past that.
1: So...
0: So, so, so as, as we're about to go into our podcast, um, this first podcast is going to talk. We're basically basically giving you the behind the scenes. We're discussing how we're going to create the podcast, what are we going to do, what's the format. Then we're going to kind of discuss what we like about it, kind of get to know each other. Because we haven't really talked about the Game of Thrones together as a group. And you, you get a kind of like a firsthand view of that. And then we are going to podcast with what we expect in the upcoming season. And then the next time you hear from us will be on Sunday, and hopefully that Sunday night. yeah, hopefully you'll contact us through through our Twitter and and you give us five star rating on the on the iTunes. We really appreciate that. That helps a lot. Apple Podcasts. <laughs>
2: Android Master Race.
0: Yes. So. I
2: use Stitcher personally, but that's just me. You
0: use Stitcher. <laughs> okay. You use Stitcher. <laughs>
2: I do listen. Yeah, I use Stitcher, but I don't. Yeah, I don't have that, uh, Apple products. We'll overlook
0: that. Don't Okay, worry. thank you, thank you. Yeah, you don't have Apple products. Actually, I, I
2: lied. I have a MacBook Pro that I'm on right now, but I don't have I, an app. I don't have I totally an iPhone. I you on that. I don't have an iPhone. And I don't have an iPad. So I consider thank myself you. not. We'll forgive her. I consider myself, an Android user.
1: Listen, okay. I mean, John I was over here using a Windows machine, so.
0: That's because I have a supercomputer, so yeah.
1: I can't, you know. So This is this is another podcast for another day. Let's get into it.
0: And what do you why, – why do you like the Game of uh, What is it that I like? Uh,
2: well, I've always been a fantasy fiend uh, ever since I was little. I've always been into the Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I've just always been to, into fantasy stuff. So going into Game of Thrones, I'm just a big fan of the whole environment and, uh, you know, the ancient – you know, historical setting. And obviously, it's just a ridiculous show. People are dying all the time. You never know what's going to happen. The plot is amazing. And uh, the characters are relatable and cool. And I don't know, I just love the show. It's
0: a good show. You know, what's interesting is, I'm not a fan of fantasy per se. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of storyline like any kind of situation where someone has to achieve you know i'm also a yeah. fan of the so this story could be fantasy or it could be reality or it could be present day but it, i'm a fan of the construct of a story you know what I'm like saying? the way
1: a story developed
0: yeah so it doesn't matter to me if it's in a fantasy land that that part really doesn't affect me one right. way or the other I'm more I like I like getting involved in a certain world that's different from my own mm. and getting involved in the characters of that world.
1: That's good storytelling right there. If you are you know whether it's a fantasy medieval type situation or it's you know House of Cards where you're immersed in this like crooked political system or you're in you know The Wire and you're you know in downtown Baltimore and yes. you're immersed it's all about the setting, but at the end of the day these stories are dealing with humans, human beings they yeah. have um, relationships, feelings, emotions, responses um, that we can all relate to. Um, which, is, I mean, Game of Thrones I mean, number one, just the anguish that some of these characters go through and the change that they each experience through the, I mean, honestly, we've been gone through years with these characters. Just to see how much they've changed um, is incredible. I can think of five or six characters right now I could name that have changed so much just based on the events they've gone through.
2: All right. I also, uh, one of the things that I love about it is that it's one huge, long story. There's no real it's not like other shows where oh this is the season where you know with this plot and then the next season is based mm-hmm. around this plot this is all one long story that's all leading up to this you know like this is the season right. where everything's finally going to re- be revealed all the questions that we you know everyone's been asking since the beginning uh you know all the theories and everything like we're finally going to find out what everything is about because the whole series has been you know le- leading up to this sort of right. Last season where everything's going to be revealed. It's not like, oh, season six, what is this season going to be about? You know, like we know exactly what's
1: coming. And what's so incredible about the show is they've been planting so many seeds over the past six years. There are so many storylines that seem so remote uh-huh. like, that have implications for what will ultimately be the climax of the show. Like even, yeah. You know, exactly. There, there was a whole season where brand wasn't even involved, but. You Know the seeds that were planted. Who knew who thought that when we saw Brand get pushed out the window by Jamie exactly. and Cersei would be there, how that would come completely full circle to where we're at now? The amount, the, how Brand is involved, the power that he wields, his importance to the entire world. Um, and you know, where were Jamie's place and where Cersei's place, and all these different characters. Just think of the starts mm-hmm. when we joined in season one, we saw. The Starks, as this house, a very proud house with all these different people. Uh huh. But most of them are dead. John and Bran, that's who's left. And, and Sansa. you know, it's almost like, oh, and Arya, one of my favorite characters. But uh, there's so many, we've been whittling down. So many people have died. So many people have sacrificed to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just unbelievable.
0: But the whole thing was started with the, with Littlefinger killing, <laughs> killing off the king's hand right
2: yeah i mean that that's actually what i think i think little finger is going to be the major player of this final season because this right. the whole series the whole series has been hinting oh little finger he's the most manipulative person you know right. in, in this whole land you know the whole series but we have yet to sort of see him come to fruition as the ultimate villain and this is finally going to be the season where you know and they've already shown it in the trailers it's pretty clear from the from the trailer for this season that this is finally going to be the season where that's finally shown, you know, his true colors and we're going to see him, uh, I think, be the major villain of this season. Uh, I mean, I think Cersei, obviously, she's always kind of been the villain, but I think finally, Littlefinger, this is his season. This is where he's going to really have a big role
1: in what happens. What do you guys think about the idea that Daenerys could be the villain? I mean, up to this point, we've seen her develop and grow. We thought she reached a pinnacle two seasons ago and then she got knocked on a peg again and now she's resurgent again. Now she's back on the Narrow Sea moving west. Could she be a villain? You know, she's out to conquer a whole land.
0: You know, um what you call him? What's his name? I asked her that because um Tyrion? Huh? Tyrion? Yeah, Tyrion, yeah. Tyrion was like, you know, your father said the same thing, <laughs> you know, when he gave her right. counsel. Right.
2: I, I I don't know. I don't subscribe to that theory personally. I mean, she, yes, she may be seen as one by everyone over in in Westeros because sure. in one sense they've been, you know, having all their storylines over there and then she's just this random person that appears and just, take, you know, what takes over everything they know, you know. But at right. the same time, since we've been seeing her story, I see her more as the Uniter, you know, the one that's kind of going to save everyone over there and bring everyone
0: under, under one rule finally but Diana don't you see that if that were to happen they've been foretelling that for six seasons but isn't Game of Thrones throwing us loop after loop after loop because we first the first season I thought Ned Stark was going to be king <laughs> <laughs> no I mean no
2: you're right in the sense that that would kind of be the the obvious thing that everyone thinks is going to happen Um, so yes, it would be very interesting if that's not what happens. However, I just have a feeling that how could it not, like kind of, how could, how could it not happen? You know, she's got the dragons. Dragons. And not only that,
1: this whole story, Westeros is like a, the idea that we're talking about Westeros and Essos, how important the Targaryen dynasty has been to both sides of Sea. But go ahead, John. I'd cut you off.
0: No, I was just going to say that somebody, Targaryen I know for going crazy, I'm, I'm not saying she'll be the villain in her present state. But what if she were to begin to, you know,
1: deteriorate? Yes. Well, that's where, you know, another character comes in, you know, that's why Tyrion becomes important. Because Tyrion knows the face of that evil. He's seen it firsthand.
2: Right. Yeah. I think she has the right advisors around her. And I also feel like the show writers and, uh, G.R.R. Martin, I I just feel like they wouldn't do that to us. You know, have have this whole series, have her be, you know, the fan favorite, the protagonist, and then just kind of be like, oh, just kidding, like, she went crazy just like her dad. We're going to make someone else
1: king or queen of this whole storyline. Honestly, Littlefinger could get in the middle of that, because I could see someone like Tyrion saying, hey, Jon Snow, I met that kid at the wall, like, we were there together. We had a heart to heart. We need to align with Jon Snow. But I could see a situation where we talked about Liv- Littlefinger being the evil, you know, talking in Sansa's ear, you know, Littlefinger was there to save the day. He saved John and the wildings and Sansa. That was only and out of it. He's going to feel like he's, he, he paid, you spent a cost. He wants to cash that check now. He's oh, going to manipulate yes, that certain. somehow. Right. Yeah. You know, what we haven't talked about at all is the White Walkers. We haven't talked about what they call in the book the Whites. We haven't we haven't talked about them at all. Like all of this, these wars between men, men and women are moot if, you know, the White Walkers take over the whole world.
2: Right. But at the same time, it's I mean, everyone knows about the White Walkers. And yes, that's the greatest threat. But the thing that's the most important to the to the show watchers are the characters that we actually know personally. Yeah. So I think even though that they're the biggest threat, what people care about more is knowing, okay, which of my favorite characters are the one gonna be the ones that survive. You
0: know, yeah. you, brought a, you, know you brought a good point, um, Andre, in that
1: That's impossible. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Self deprecating humor.
0: The White Walkers is very similar to the other show i like anyway the walking dead in that they're are, they are an ever-present danger but the more danger is between humans you know yeah
1: that's true yeah, that's a good point all
0: right. so so i um diana if your theory is right that's gonna i don't like little finger at all so i'm hoping he doesn't get a more prominent role than he has now um well, I think but his I love role
1: his is. Character. His yeah, I love so his character. He's fun to too. watch on screen. Ah, I don't yeah. like So interesting. Movie. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I don't think he's going to succeed at all this season, but I do think he's going to for the majority of the season be the villain, and I do think ultimately he'll be brought down. You know, good versus evil. But yes, I do think he'll be a prominent player in seeing how this all plays out. But I we're going to say... need.
1: I'm sorry. I, I, wish... I was just going to say you need someone to fill in Ramsey's shoes to be an actual villain. Who to be that guy? Ramsey Snow. Ramsey Bolton.
0: Ramsey Bolton. Oh, yeah. man. You, you know what? You're right. Somebody needs to fill his shoes, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Why well, I cut you off. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to say that one of the, for me, one of the most memorable scenes was between Littlefinger and Varys, um, when they were standing before the throne and they were both talking. You know. Oh, that was
2: that was uh, towards the beginning
0: yeah.
1: seasons,
2: uh-huh. right? Yeah.
1: Was... Oh yes, they had like a face off, but it yes. was like. Their conversation was so subtle
0: uh-huh. and
1: so threatening at the same time. That was yep. a bit of writing. I had to watch that scene multiple times. And I now that you mention it, I should actually go back and find that. I'm going to find that and just read that again or listen to that or watch that again because there, there probably are a good bit of foreshadowing in that. Yeah.
2: Well, that was back when you kind of didn't yeah. know. You were new to both of those characters, and you didn't really know where either of their allegiances lie. Although still, you don't know where Littlefinger's allegiances lie. Well, they really only lie with himself. With himself, But, yeah. uh, but Varys, uh, at the time, was sort of pretending that he was with the Lannisters, and then later you find out that he's is a uh, Targaryen uh, supporter from from the get-go. From
1: the beginning, right.
2: Right, yeah. It was just a long
0: play. Yes, but that but that scene was so – like two heavyweights, two of the smartest people. It was it had everything. Yeah, I mean, two smartest
1: people in the room yeah. that honestly didn't have a lot of power but had resources and the ability yes. to accumulate power. So at that time, the people that had the power were the Lannisters, I guess the Starks, and some others. Um, but they didn't have any power on paper. They had no people who – you know, swore allegiance to them. All these great houses have all these minor lords and houses that swore allegiance and their power comes to these armies and monies and land ownership. Neither of them had any of that, but somehow they were able to use their their talents, their gifts, and their resources to accumulate power and stay in close proximity to power and manipulate that power.
2: Right, exactly. And that's why they call Littlefinger the most dangerous man in all of Westeros.
1: And he owns brothels.
2: <laughs> Which is an interesting
1: like side like I don't really know if he the, owns
2: them anymore they were but destroyed he doesn't participate
1: though uh, the emoluments clause uh forced him to give up his <laughs> um, his interest in these brothels he can't he can't uh, accept any foreign uh funds as an elected official so. right
2: no but I' mean, his uh the uh the faith. Raided right. his brothels in the last season, and right. they're pretty much gone now. And he's he's done he's done with King's Landing now. Now that he's betrayed, right? He now no... that he's betrayed the Lannisters, and now yeah. that he has the Vale, he's not going back to King's Landing to his brothels. But doesn't you know, he have he... assets outside of King's Landing. Well, he, he's rich. Brothels. You know, he's got yeah. money. Uh, I'm not really sure where these assets are, but I mean, he is the Lord of the Vale right now. So he's he, he he Lord of be the Vale. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: Um. um Diana, I am a little uh, sexist when it comes to who I root for. Oh yeah. Like I'm totally, the, I'm totally rooting for Doran because they're so attractive.
2: <laughs> Dorne, oh my God, I am not rooting for Dorne. They've got no one.
1: <laughs> but like, see, who who's Dorn even ruling
2: is... them right now? They don't even have a ruler. They murdered them. The sand
1: snakes all. are ruling. The sand snakes uh, are, are
2: bastards that no one cares about, and they were terrible <laughs> in the show.
0: I knew Dinah
1: was gonna cut yeah. me up on that. I do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those
1: stupid beautiful women.
2: <laughs> they've just got nothing going for them. I mean,
1: nothing I don't want to turn
2: all. this. I don't want to turn this into a book discussion, but they were cool in the books, and then they yeah, were terrible in the show. Everyone hated them on the show. They did a bad job portraying them, and. Pretty much just no one cares about them now.
1: Well, I thought it was good. They did a pretty good job portraying how vicious they were, but did not do a good job portraying, you know, the customs of their land, why they behave the way they do. Like all these other houses, you see, you know, what motivates them, why they do what they do. You don't really – we just kind of drop in the door later on and don't right, really exactly. see what their culture is and how they live.
2: Right, exactly. And that, that was the problem mm-hmm. because we had – four or so seasons of everyone else's house history and character development with the other houses to get to know them. And then all of a sudden we're introduced to Doran and we're supposed to care about them on the same level that we care about these other houses who we've had seasons of history with, and you just don't care about them. And in the books, there actually is backstory for each of the Sand Snakes. You know, there's, there's storylines written from their, their perspective and, so they just kind of didn't have time to do that with the show, and therefore came off feeling like, why do we care about these people? In my opinion.
1: Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that point. Like, it just it just felt really random. It just felt forced. I mean, there's you're constrained by time. Well, actually... I
0: had a slightly different opinion than you guys, um, because I felt that Doran kind of rounded off the the area of the the whole. Because they're from the south, you know, and people like they're like from Florida, you know what I mean? <laughs> they all had yeah. tan. They all, you know, it was it was it's a different environment down there. And I thought they were a perfect bookend to the north, was north is cold and they're all stuffy and all that. So, well,
1: you're right about that. It is an excellent bookend to it, but we just got, it just kind of got rammed down our throats. Kind of oh, here they are, we got right. to know the Starks, we got yeah. to know the Riverlands, we got to know the Westerlands. We got to know the people from, you know, the, um, Lady of Thorns or, you know, their whole house. We, we got to know all these different places, but we didn't get to know.
2: Right. Pretty much all we need to know about them or all the show show writers need us to know about them right now is that they joined Daenerys, you know, they, uh, you know, they were talked into it by the Martell. I mean, wait, Tyrells, sorry, the Tyrells, uh, and obviously, right.
1: the Tyrells—that's the name I forgot.
2: Yeah, they, Varys came to them, you know, in the season ender of the last season, and between Varys and Queen of Thorns, they snakes, were convinced. Yeah, they were convinced to join Daenerys's cause, and I believe you saw their their house sigil uh, on yep, the ships riding to Westeros. Yes with Daenerys' fleet, and then you also saw them in the trailers for the new season. Uh, uh, Elaria Sand was making out with Asha, or what's her name in the in the show? They changed her name. Yara. Uh, in the show. Yara. Yara. She was making out with Yara in the trailer, so apparently there's going to be some Lesbo action Could have uh, been just a one-night type,
1: type situation.
2: Yeah, who really but,
1: knows, but they're together. Yeah, it raises an interesting point, though. We have Yara, we have the Sand Snakes, we have the Queen of Thorns. We have Daenerys. We've transitioned now from a show that was largely dominated by white guys, old yes. white guys, and some uh-huh. young white guys, and now the women are starting to assert their power, their presence, their will. Cersei sits the Iron Throne. Yes. You know Sansa has been uh, equipped to make decisions. Like she essentially saved the day by calling in um, the Eyrie to come help out her brother. So, you know, this isn't no longer a story about, you know, white men making all the decisions, which I think is a really interesting pivot from, you know, what inspired this world, maybe medieval medieval Europe. That was literally, I mean, if I'm wrong about this, let me know. But that was literally all white guys making decisions. This is pivoted now to, you know, women uh, in roles of power.
0: Well, right. I think they highlighted that when that when the when the um, what's her name, the lady in charge of the ships, um, went to see Daenerys. Yara. Uh,
2: Yara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Yara that Third conversation
0: Joy. they had was 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 awesome. <laughs> Talking
1: about their fathers. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, I think it's their moment. You know, the women have kind of been pushed aside the whole series in terms of actual decision making and war and. Battle decisions and whatnot, and now they're finally kind of coming into play as the major players for this season. Right. Yeah. So I have a
0: question for you guys. What would who died that was most disappointing to you?
2: What in the show overall so far?
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's
2: see. Probably the Starks. I think. I think for everyone, that's got to be the most brutal, you know, unexpected death uh, deaths plural of the show right. for me. You know, just completely out of left field. No one, you know, was expecting that. It's the most famous episode from the whole series, so I can't not say the Starks.
1: I'm going to go a different way, only because I do agree with that. But in order to add some color, I would say Renly Baratheon. He was one of the most interesting characters that really didn't... You really didn't get to see how he developed further because he was murdered by his brother. Just the way he was murdered... The, the mystery beyond uh, around it. And I thought that was extremely interesting. And I, not that I was a really a huge fan of Renly. I liked him better than his older brother. His claim was dubious, but people loved him.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, I think he had the potential to actually be a good, good King had he lived, right. you know, he, he had the uh, temperament for it, or at least they portrayed him as, as such, but we never really got to see that because he was very short lived.
0: Well, um, I do agree with you Diana because that that whole that scene still when they're playing the the song what's the song The Reigns of
1: Castamere.
0: Yeah it yep. I can hear that song and it just takes me back to that to that moment but that was that was the most surprising death but to me it wasn't the most disappointing because I really didn't like the Stark's mom <laughs> She was getting oh, totally on my nerves, yeah. All right. So, what's your your choice I, then? I thought that she single-handedly destroyed her son's way of winning the war by letting by by letting um letting a guy go, um, letting well
1: uh, Jamie Lannister go. Yeah,
2: I think that was half of it. But actually, I think I would say that was like 30% of it. 70% of it was Rob not being able to keep it in his pants for a Frey girl and. His marriage to to Lisa was what did him in. Because
1: do you blame the, Rob for that? Do you say are do you, Yeah. Do you take the position that hey he should have just done his duty? And I do blame him freshman. for that. Yes, I,
2: he should have absolutely agree. done his duty. Absolutely, and that's why Karstark. Oh no! Wait, wait a minute. Was Karstark murdered because? Because. Uh- I know he killed the two Lannister boys, but the, was that as a result of being angry at Catelyn for releasing Jamie, or was right. that a result of being right. mad at Rob for marrying Talisa?
0: No. I, kind of I, think, oh, I think it was kind, kind of, of both. both.
1: No, no. Both. He
0: was upset because the guy murdered his son.
1: Right. And, and uh, Catelyn, Catelyn let him go. And Rob, the king of the north at that point, the king that he was the lead... Had allegiance to had specifically ordered them not to retaliate, and Lord Cardstark decided to do so anyway, and he yeah. executed him.
0: Right. So that being said, I um, so she set that whole thing in motion by by letting by letting Jamie go and not allowing Karstark to get his revenge. So I was ready to see Caitlin die. The person that most once again I'm going to go to my guy. <laughs> My my lizard brain. <laughs> um, I was t- I was sad to see the the girl died. The um the the Terrell. Uh, She's supposed Marjorie.
1: To
2: oh my god! I, just I of her too. that should have been my answer. That should have been my answer because you know why? Because I've been the biggest Marjorie fan since she was introduced. She has been probably my favorite character. Also because I'm a big fan of the actress and. I was really, really upset with that. I kind of forgot that that whole
0: thing even happened, which is sad considering that
2: was the most recent. Just like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, she was everything Sansa wasn't like she knew how to control a monster and still get what she wanted.
1: Well, her grandmother taught her how to do that, too. Like Sansa didn't really have she had her mom, but her mom wasn't really that kind of she wasn't her mom wasn't a courtly woman whereas Marjorie's grandmother was, you know, right. Marjorie's grandmother brought her up for, to be in, the lady of her house and the right. lady in court, like could be queen. Like she tried three different times to be queen.
2: Right. And she taught her how to use her femininity to gain what she wanted. Yeah. And to move forward in the, plus, the
0: game. Unless She was drop dead fine, so
2: <laughs> Oh yeah. Yes, Nat- Natalie Dormer. I'm a big fan of hers, so um, that was very I, upsetting.
0: And I thought that the prophecy that Cersei got when she was young had applied to Marjorie—that Marjorie, Marjorie was going to be the one to, that's you know
2: place. that's funny. I actually considered the same thing when I read the books. That was actually my first thought uh, when. Uh, you know, the prophecy, oh, a new younger queen will come and she'll be, gr- you know, greater than you and whatnot. My first initial thought when I was reading that in the books was, oh, it- it's Marjorie, you know, it's got to be Marjorie. It didn't even occur to me at that moment that, oh, Daenerys, you know, obviously. Right. But uh, since then, obviously, it's Daenerys.
0: <laughs> I
1: think we know that now.
0: And then the way she died, for, for her to die, like, with everybody else, I thought not that, not her only that character... she knew it was
1: going to happen moments before it happened. She just found out too late.
0: Yeah. But 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 for her to die with everybody else was kinda of disappointing for me.
2: Yeah, it was.
0: I was she didn't expecting get a special
1: that. death. Yeah. Her brother was there.
0: Her yeah, brother. Was like, there. Yeah. there. I, I was I expected her to die like trying to save somebody, you know, or giving her life for somebody else. I didn't expect her to die so unceremoniously. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was bad. Or but a lot of, a lot of people a lot of people in this show die very unceremoniously, unfortunately.
1: That's what's so interesting about this whole universe is that, you know, we live in a very sanitized society. We live in the United States. We're, we're blessed to live in a very safe country. This is crazy. You know, the the death, the destruction, the disease, just the just the random killings that take place, you know, is just yeah. a, a reflection of what, you know, the majority of human history was like.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yep. true, and I, I was thinking that part of part of the reason is, was that they didn't have jails all over the place. Like like now, if someone does something wrong, there there there's a place for us to take them out of society for a while,
1: or if, or society believes that yes, they've done something wrong. Um, well
0: the, they have the wall,
2: so that's essentially their 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 prison. That's
0: true.
1: Okay, that's so so, so
0: now last question before we go. Who is your your favorite character? And we, I'm taking Daenerys out of it because that's everybody's favorite character.
2: Uh, actually, I feel like I feel like not many people would probably consider her their favorite character. I mean, she's the kind of obvious protagonist, but I feel like everyone's favorite characters are someone else.
0: Okay, so who's yours?
1: Uh,
2: probably. Hold on, let me let me think for a minute. Just give me like thirty well, seconds.
1: Here I can I, go right now if you if you don't know.
2: I mean, my initial thought that I want to jump to is Tyrion, because what would the show be without Tyrion Lannister? Like, if Tyrion dies, I'm out.
0: Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah.
1: It's almost as if you should have said Tyrion. You're yeah, not yeah. To say Tyrion.
0: Tyrion. Without Tyrion, yeah. Take Tyrion out of it.
1: <laughs> I'm a random one. Lysa Mormont. Oh. In the show,
2: anyway. Uh, you mean uh
1: Liana? Le- Liana Le- oh, Ly- yeah. Mormon. Do you yes. know who I'm talking about, John? No. Little girl. Um, she was the, the the young young woman who is the lady of Bear Island. Uh she is the niece of uh Jorah Mormon, who was sworn allegiance, you know, uh and he is the one uh, who has the scales on his on his arm.
2: Is the grey scale? Uh, oh yeah, well, yeah. You know who right Jorah Mormont uh-huh. is? Yeah, she's she's the one who now is running Bear Island because
1: yeah.
0: Oh because yeah,
1: I love her, man. Oh. She was the first one to swear her allegiance to 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 uh, Jon Snow.
0: She's a scene stealer. She steals every scene she's in. She, yeah,
1: she's, she's awesome, good. and she uh, roused the North. In the hall at uh, Winterfell to declare John Snow as King of the North.
0: Yes, she did. Yeah, mine would have to be—I forgot his name. And during the podcast, <laughs> listeners, I'm that guy going to forget names. Oh, so I'm representing those of you who like me forget names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the average is like that dude. <laughs> my man from the Wall, who's real smart, who has the, who, who, who has the Katie's taken care of.
2: Oh, Samuel Tarly. Yeah. Samuel Tarly. I L- character. love
1: his character.
2: Yeah, he's good. Very interested to see what happens with him, because I kind of feel like he's not... He doesn't really have a role to play. I mean, maybe he yeah, does. What is his role but,
1: now right. in this new world?
2: Exactly. It's kind of like, oh, okay, they sent him to the set Citadel. We know that the Citadel is going to be... Um, a sort of new place that they introduce in this next season. Um, And I think something major is going to happen there. So I think he will be involved at some point. But as of this moment, he's kind of not important to what everyone cares about, seemingly.
1: And what's so interesting is he has no idea that Jon Snow has been involved in all this stuff. He still thinks Jon Snow is Lord Commander (laughs) At uh, at Castle Black,
2: right? Exactly. He doesn't know about anything that's happened since he left the wall. All
0: right. So. Let, me, let me let me thoroughly th- let me thoroughly disagree with you guys. <laughs> one, um, right. he is he has been he has been crucial in the whole storyline because he found the Dragon Glass for one.
1: Perfect. Excellent point.
0: He's the only person that has that has killed a White Walker and what else? And a um. What's the other
1: thing? And a Then.
0: Yeah. And a thin.
1: And Did John not kill a Then? No. Because he definitely killed a white walker. They I think him. a
2: few of them have killed Thens at this point in the Oh no, wait, never mind. The Thens fought with them. Never mind. And Fens fought with them later, yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: And they left him in the library where there's so many books. So I think he's going to find The solution for the White Walkers for all of mankind. Well, it's in the books. The
1: solution will be dragons.
2: There, do you guys? Steel
1: will be forged again because of dragons.
2: Did either of you guys read the books? Yes. Okay, so do you remember the Alchemist from the Citadel, Pate and the Alchemist? There was a few chapters about that.
1: It's oh, probably been a while for you, yeah. It's been a couple years.
2: Yeah, uh, all right, well, I can't really... Uh, they have whole storylines that, but... that
1: I've completely forgotten about, including... There's, a,
2: there's an implication... The landed. Right, there's an implication that this mysterious figure, the Alchemist, comes to the Citadel and sort of bribes uh, the this guy, Pate, who works at the Citadel for some sort of master key, which unlocks all doors in the Citadel with the ultimate goal of obtaining, I believe some sort of knowledge or book regarding uh, the White Walkers or something to do with it. And the theory is that the alchemist was a faceless man, uh, which
1: sort See. Of, now Arya.
2: I think it, this is getting a little bit deep into, like, the whole book thing. It's not... They obviously haven't shown it in the show for a reason, so maybe it's just kind of like a sideline that, uh, you know, makes sense in the book, but doesn't really have a, a big part of this. But I do think the Citadel ha- is going to have... So something's going to happen with the Citadel or in the Citadel during the season. That's for sure.
0: See, the thing about his character is that he's never in charge of where he's going. It's like fate is driving him and they've spent so much screen time with his story that it just can't just fade into oblivion.
2: Yeah, no, no, exactly. You, you're absolutely right. There's a reason why they've kept, kept up with him. Another big reason uh, why I think he's going to be important is that, and they made it, made a point of showing this exact scene in the last season was that he stole his sword. His family is one of the only families that has a Valyrian steel steel sword. sword. Okay. There's only like 16 or so. I forget weapons, um, whether they be, you know, bastard swords or axes or whatever that are made of Valyrian steel. His father, and his family are one of the families that has one, and he stole that from his father right before he left to go to the Citadel. And they made a specific scene to show that. So that's going to be important.
1: And you Um, see it bring it with him to the Citadel all wrapped up.
2: Exactly. So the fact that he has that Valyrian seal sword is going to be important. And Jon's sword, Longclaw, is also going to be important because his sword, I believe, is going to be important to the alliance between Fire and Ice, the alliance between Daenerys and Jon Snow, because mm. Jorah, who's devoted uh, to Daenerys, will devote himself to Jon upon seeing Longclaw and His learning why. Sword. Right, exactly. Right. He's going to learn why and how he, it came to be in Jon's possession, and I think that's going to be crucial towards the alliance between Jon and Daenerys. So the whole swords, I think, are going to be kind of important to this next season.
1: And you kind two one, other people who have these Valerian steel swords. Like, I don't want to go too much of a tandem, but uh, Jamie has one now. And also, uh, Brianna has one. Yes. You know, yes. so... Anyway, go ahead, John.
0: I kind of want to end with this, is that, finally, I, I think the, the production and the writing, I think Game of Thrones just does everything better than everybody else. I think they do fight scenes better. That scene with Jon Snow in War... Was one of the best fight scenes of uh, I've ever seen. The way yeah. they were able to produce the, random, the, ram,
1: the randomness, randomness
0: yeah, the of violence, of death and yeah. um, the, the 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 just the it, it was just incredible. It, it was incredible filmmaking. I think they do um, subtlety well, where they can where they can speak without speaking. I think they create tension very well. They just have a way of producing quality television in every category. Like some shows are good for this, some shows are good for that. They're just good at everything. Yeah. So yeah. I, I look forward to, to, to seeing that this um this year, just 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 them blowing the blowing the television landscape competition away And what I feel is the golden age of television.
2: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Television's really good right now. You're right.
2: Yes, completely
0: agree. Because at one point people were trying to just do movies, but television has has I guess they have larger budgets. Um, the money's there, time. the viewers
1: are there, and plus people enjoy being in their homes, not going to movie theaters. People don't really enjoy going to movie theaters anymore for various reasons. But people have nice TVs in their homes now. People have all these devices they could watch right in their laps. Um, there's really great ways to enjoy television right now. You know, have yeah, the so biggest I budget, it's... I
2: think. Don't they have the biggest uh, budget for any show on t- on TV right now?
1: And
0: I also heard that they were going yeah. to make, like, movie-length episodes. Uh, I think they so released –
2: right? They actually released the length of each of the episodes. I was just looking at it, actually, online earlier. And uh, they're generally uh, – in the range of 58 to 62 minutes long, except for the last two, I believe the finale is 80 something minutes long. And the uh, second to last episode is 70 something
1: minutes long. So we're, we're talking about the last two of the first half of the last season. So you're saying,
2: no, I'm talking about this coming season,
1: but this coming season is split in two parts. So it's like, they all consider what's going to happen now this season and next year is considered one season even though it's split into two parts
2: no I thought it was one there's one season left it's just a shortened season I don't know yeah there's a there's fewer episodes this season than the prior seasons all the other seasons had like 12 episodes or something this one only has right
1: this one will have 7 right
2: I think it's 8 is it I feel like I should know this let's see what season is it 7 yeah I agree. I, agree. I actually didn't realize we were podcasting for the first 70% of it.
1: <laughs> well, that's even great. So we're just having our natural reactions.
2: Right. I suppose that's true. All right. Let's so see. Yeah. 13 next time we'll points. talk
1: will be after we see the first episode of yes. season seven. Yeah. You're
2: right. And uh, by the way, just Google results. It is uh, seven episodes and mm-hmm. uh but yeah there's nothing about a split season or anything like the way that walking dead does it there i haven't heard anything about that i just it's going to be the seven
1: episodes and, so uh, i, I know that. Walking Dead did it mad men did it back in the day uh actually for their last season so i thought that was the same episode uh same uh approach we're taking okay let's see
0: do. how do you guys want to end the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
2: just uh we're going to bed and peace out from oklahoma city oklahoma
1: oklahoma city i'm in uh Germantown, Maryland. I'm
0: I'm broadcasting from Flea Bottom. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
1: That's right. We're all sitting in a cafe in Flea Bottom (laughs) in uh, King's Landing right now. I just need another horn of ale. And I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs) Okay. Um, Talk
2: to you guys next time. Okay.